Hello and welcome to Season 4 of the Believe in Overwatch League Podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. We are Matt and Kevin, and each week we're bringing you news about gaming, pop culture, and of course, Overwatch. This week we take a break from the League to talk about Internet Explorer, AI, and more Overwatch 2 news. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are just doing news this week, as you heard Kevin say, so um, hooray to that. Uh, how have you been, Kevin? What is up in Kevin land? Uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm still teaching the summer camp. Um, we are... In week two, we're starting to like iron out the kinks, and it's starting to run a little bit smoother. Um, but yeah, I was mentioning to Matt earlier today that uh, today we were supposed to just like kind of test certain games, and like essentially what our our goal is like every day that they come in. So like over the course of a week, right? Um, mm-hmm. We expose them to different types of games in like esports like centric games and then we see what sticks with them and then on friday which is like the last day we ask them like hey what games do you want to focus on and then we give them like tips and tricks on like the last day of like everything um but like today we were learning fighting games for the first time um we were Mm. actually teaching like what's the difference between playing like smash bros competitively versus playing street fighter versus tekken um all of that um and then we even went into some of the more like crazy complex ones like we played guilty gear strife and blaze blue central fiction uh which have like ridiculous combos but people were like oh we want to take a shot at some of the crazier ones so i'm like okay uh go for it but yeah, uh, I made the mistake of, of playing fighting games. And then during free time, we have like an hour, almost two hours of free time uh, in the afternoon. Um, one of the kids was like, hey, I'm starting to learn Overwatch. Would you like to play with me? And I'm like, OK, I'll play. And um, I forgot how many effects go on in Overwatch. I <laughs> I like not only was I like mentally fried from trying to like play fighting games all day, um, then being bombarded with like you know defense matrices plus you know symmetra wall plus ice plus shields being flashed in front of my face plus zarya like you're just like i uh (laughs) like i couldn't i couldn't process things at one point i was just like i can't i can't do it um but you know the touch is still there which is really nice like i could still play a really mean off tank and uh, i take pride that like i could still do that um but yeah, overall, like I, I just wasn't ready for that. It's probably just because I haven't been like obviously I haven't been playing like as long as I want to, but it's just kind of ridiculous that like y- you know, my my brain essentially was like, Mm-mm, this is not <laughs> this is not how it how it's gonna work right now. Now when you say that you've ironed out the kinks in like playing in or not playing, but running the the camp like what specifically do you think is running smoother now um i think just having like kind of a way of it like originally like our first week we were just like 
okay, what do they like? Like, we literally just asked them, like, hey, what do you like to play? And then, like, everybody was like Valorant. And we're like, okay, we'll just play Valorant, I guess. And we'll just focus in on Valorant. Um, it worked until, like, our boss came in and said, like, you can't play Valorant. It is too violent. And we're like, really? Yeah. So they, they're like, it's too violent. It's like, you know, we, we don't want them playing the shooting games. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. Um, but in your curriculum, it says that we're allowed to play Counter-Strike. Um, how How is it okay if we... Wait, so you're saying that we can play as terrorists and counter-terrorists with hyper-realistic guns, uh, but we can't play the game with the uh, with the robot with the shocky knife or the, <laughs> the you know, a, a guy with an owl drone. Like, that's way too realistic. And he's like, it's mainly the gunplay. And we're like, okay, what if we turned off blood, corpses, and all chat? And he's like, still no. And we're like, okay. Really? And then eventually like we literally got the word i think it was like today or something like that they're like okay if you if you tear enough blood corpses and all chat i guess we'll let it go and i'm like okay cool thank you um because like how am i supposed to teach esports if i don't have a key for overwatch and i and you know valorant's free to play so we might as well like study that right now uh-huh. um so yeah they literally gave us the go ahead today so we're like okay cool we can we can teach and do that tomorrow um but it's really cool to like expose them to different games and then just see what sticks with them so like um the first day since usually day one is like setting up accounts making sure everybody could get in the discord um doing all that um and then on top of that like just making sure that everybody is staying entertained and has you know not only accounts but are also just playing a game during their downtime um I was teaching them like auto battlers, like auto chess, um, which is like team fight tactics or Dota, Dota underlords. But I like opened them up first to super auto pets because that is like the easiest auto battler. And I'm like, okay, you could play this, have fun. And they're like, okay. And then I just realized that like I just made like five of my students addicted to super auto pets, and I'm like, it's it's a free. <laughs> It's a free game. Why not? It's it's not hurting anybody. But yeah, yeah. It's it's just like you have to think, plan, and make sure all that's working. I'm like, if, as long as you guys could keep that in mind as you play the more complex like auto battlers, you will be you'll be all good. Um, so yeah, we we did that. We had them all train on that. Um, yesterday was mobas, so we taught them. Uh, there was one kid who played Pokemon Unite. So we did Pokemon Unite one on ones with them. Uh, everything else, everybody else wanted to try League, which made sense. So I had to play a little bit of League. Today was fighting games, tomorrow's FPSs. Um, and then Friday is like the specialized day where we just kind of like figure out what they want to learn and what we could hyper focus on and then get them started. And then it repeats next week and so on and so on. So. It's a, uh, it's pretty fun. It, it's fun because I get to play video games, and it gives me an excuse to be like, "Hey, uh, like, I I love it when some of the students get like super cocky." This is just a personal thing. They're just like, 
oh yeah like i i dumpstered you and i'm like mm, okay uh let's let's uh let's just do a quick 1v1 we'll see how it goes oh no and uh we will uh we'll see it we'll see how it goes and they're like okay for sure whatever and then you just like absolutely destroy them and you're like all right you did pretty good the only thing that you need to do is like play slower <laughs> like like you just give them tips as you like destroy them you're like you did a good job here but like <laughs> You you can't you just button mash your way down a peg. Yeah, just like hey, like you can't just button mash in a fighting game. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna zone you out. I'm just gonna play that game. <laughs> like just gotta gotta teach him frame data and and patience. That is one of the hardest things to like teach middle schoolers is patience. So yeah, uh, yeah, I feel that <laughs> it it will be really really interesting later down the line. But um. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I have like a couple more days and the hours are getting more tolerable because we started to like divvy up the time. So mm-hmm. uh, got a nap in before the podcast. So oh, um, nice. I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty ready to go. So um, how, are, how are you liking it overall and how are the kids liking it overall? So I think the kids like everything that happens after lunch because it's pretty like essentially it's from like nine to noon is like the first like beginning part of the day right um nine to noon we kind of like tell them hey you could only play the types of games that we are setting for you and so like we have to let them like play like two hours of league of legends or two hours of a fighting game or you know whatever um and then after that they go to lunch and then they have an hour of coding with the other teacher uh, I don't know how to code anything, um, but uh, like while they're doing coding, I'm eating lunch. So it's like it's perfect. So they do the coding. I eat my food. I come back and then it's just like you could do whatever you want. Um, so like, yeah, they do whatever they want. Uh, and then in that time, we kind of like figure out like, OK, what games do they want to learn? Like what what pointers can we give them? Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty fun because it feels like the first part is more of like the teaching aspect, but everything after that just becomes like let's let's play games, let's see what you like, and we'll make it uh we'll make it a lot more easy for you later down the line. Uh, how about you, Matt? How, how are you doing? Are you surviving? I guess. I mean, like this past couple, this past week has not been as stressful. I think as other weeks like i i managed to like find some time to like sit down and do a little bit of comics reading and play a little bit more of horizon i haven't played horizon in a couple months just because i haven't had time um but i got some time to do that i got some time to play overwatch and my i queued up with um my buddy andy on the zomnix and just like every single game we had a thrower or someone who was just complaining about something in the chat and so like just we both plummeted so far in our srs so oh well at least we we don't care about sr for the league really we're we're bottom tier but we're champions but we're bottom tier so that eh whatever (laughs) um what else oh i went um so there's a couple bowling there's two bowling alleys 
um in Santa Clarita that are like proper dedicated bowling alleys. I'm not talking about like an arcade or something that has bowling. Um, but no, there's there's two dedicated bowling alleys out here. And there's one that they're um they recently started doing this thing where it's Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday nights, um, from nine to closing, which I think is either eleven thirty or midnight. Um, for twelve bucks you can like go bowling the entire time. So I did that on Sunday. Um, I absolutely suck. I forgot how bad I am at bowling and I get frequent gutters, but I mean, it's fun. It's a fun, relatively inexpensive way to like kill uh, a couple hours. Um, it, I didn't realize how weak my muscles in my, um, my arms, my wrist are. Cause like the day after I'm like, I can't grip anything because I spent all my muscles last night gripping the damn bowling balls. So I might go and start doing that because it like it it seems like it's not very um athletic but there's a lot of technique involved that you wouldn't realize like there's a there's a couple guys next to us who like had their own bowling balls and like had been doing this for a couple months now he's like yeah i've been doing this for four months uh and he like he has technique and he started giving my brother tips they got the they got the spin on it oh my god this guy like i don't know how he did it but, you know, I, I, I don't know if you've ever seen professional bowlers, but they have these weird ways yeah. of throwing their balls. Like this guy would like two handed release it like a, like he was doing a Kamehameha. Mm-hmm. And like he said that he, he can't throw a ball normally. He has to curve it. And every time he threw it, it curved like it, this Kamehameha wave into a huge arc. It's like it's like that movie Wanted where he like they curve the bullets, except he's yeah. cur- like curving his Kamehameha wave. But his Kamehameha wave is a bowling ball. It's so weird. It's so weird seeing like people who actually know what they're doing in bowling actually bowl. Yeah, it, it's really amazing to see all that. Uh, and for me, at least, like I feel that too. Like when I bowl, I remember the technique. So like I took one lesson. Like my parents dropped me off at the bowling alley like one day, and it was like a three-hour lesson or something. And it was just some dude being like, all right, we're going to teach you how to throw a ball. And I'm like, okay. And so, like, I take that to heart whenever I go and, like, actually bowl. I'm like, okay, I remember how this worked. So, uh, (laughs) hopefully I won't be completely, you know, dumpster. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, I don't curve my ball. It just, it's, that's way too hard. That's way too advanced for me. Uh, (laughs) I'm just like. Hey, did it go? Did it go straight? Did it? Did it hit pin? Okay, cool. I'm I'm good. There's there's times where I I threw the ball down the lane and it hit a single pin, and it's like okay, okay. I am not actually like sucking as bad as I thought. I hit a single pin. Um. Oh, there's also um there's also a, a place up here. It used to be called Mountasia. Uh, It got recently bought by a company called MB2, which is they have another facility out here that's an indoor go-kart racetrack. Uh, But the one that they just bought in Santa Clarita has um, a smaller racetrack, mini golf, laser tag, like VR, axe throwing, duck pin bowling, which I guess is just smaller bowling, uh, and an arcade and a beer garden. So uh, I've been meaning to go take a look at that because it's like it's a place that was always here during my childhood under the last owners, but then they went out of business and then they got bought up. Um, 
and they just had their grand opening, I guess. I had a birthday party there one year. I think it was fifth grade. Um, but the one of the local radio stations in L.A. is doing like their I think they're calling it their summer kickoff season thing. I don't know. But they're they're taking over the uh, MB2 for a day. I think it's next Saturday. Um, and I was trying to, I've been trying to call in all week because like, yeah, I live in Santa Clarita. I can just go anytime, but like also going for free and not having to pay for all like the attractions was, would be nice. So I've been trying to call in. And at one point I, I was, I was driving and I tried calling. Um, and I think I actually got in because normally when I call in, it's just like an immediate busy tone, but I called and then with the hands free and then it, someone picked up and they started to talk and then I'm like, Oh, and I turned the radio off. I didn't realize that my phone had connected to the Bluetooth on my radio. So when I turned the radio off so that I could hear them, it hung up the phone. So I'll Aww. never know if I if actually, actually won. won or if they were saying, sorry, you're not caller number 98, but it's okay because I realized that this was going to be further them taking over next weekend. And mm. I can't go next weekend because that is when we are doing the play that I'm in right now. So uh, it doesn't matter. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So that was my week. Um, anyway, so now that that is out of the way, let's get into the geeky news of the week. Um, I think the biggest one of today, at least there's there's big news. But for today, um, it was the very last day of Internet Explorer. Um, it's no longer going to be supported by Microsoft. It's a 20. Oh, God. Guess how old the application is, Kevin? Mm, I, 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 I like guessing how old things are, but this is uh, this is <laughs> one of the ones that are just going to like date us, I'm assuming. Uh I do think that it's at least, man, I want to say it's like at least 20 years old. Because like, okay. I, re I remember using Internet Explorer yeah. like when I was like really young, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, So, I mean, this was initially announced on in, um, like it was initially announced last year that it'd be no longer be supported. So, as per this CBS News article that I'm reading, the 27-year-old application now joins BlackBerry phones, dial-up modems, and Palm Pilots in the dustbin of tech history. Dang that! Dude, do you even remember Palm Pilots? N no, I off the top of my head, no. Okay, so this is this is kind of like a precursor to touchscreens. I had to use them one year in um the like my parents signed me up for like the gifted kids summer camp or whatever um, oh it was, yeah it was really boring except for that we got to use palm pilots and it was like the coolest thing ever um i think another word another phrase for them was called a pda personal digital assistant um but what it was was it was kind of like a mini computer you could hold in your hand it was like a precursor to a smartphone except there was like like it was like three quarters if it was the screen and then like the bottom quarter or maybe the bottom third of it was like a writing pad where you could like write. Oh, it's like a Blackberry. But kind like... of like a Blackberry, but you could like had like a little stylus and you could write and it would recognize what you were writing. Um, and it was 
when it recognized what you were writing, if you didn't have really bad handwriting, it was really cool back in the day because it's like, oh my God, technology. Because for us in back in the day, if you're as old as Kevin and me, or maybe even older, <laughs> like cell phones aren't, we didn't have smartphones. They didn't exist. Like 2005, we, I don't think we even had YouTube. So just contextualize that. Like for us, cell phones were just like buttons and you could call and you could text by pressing like the, if you wanted to say, for example, type the word like, hello, you would have to type four, four to get the H then three, three to get the E and then five, five, five to get one L wait a second. Then five, five, five again to get the second L and then six, six, six to get the O. So we had to do that in order to text. Um, so the fact that the fact that Internet Explorer came out the year we were born, Kevin, is insane. Yeah. I mean, the like joke it, is that like Internet Explorer was used to just install other browsers, but I mean, uh, it, it it's now you know the joke that's now going to be passed on to Microsoft Edge if. That is what they're going with, yeah. Um, but it, it's still like you know, the the Rick and Morty meme where it's like, "What is my purpose?" It's like you install Chrome. <laughs> like that is, that is that is exactly what this is. Yeah, I use Chrome and Safari exclusively. I don't really use anything else. I know some other people are starting to use DuckDuckGo because it doesn't like track you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Microsoft, as you mentioned, Kevin, Microsoft Edge is what they are replacing Internet Explorer with because according to Sean Lindersay for Microsoft. Not only is Microsoft Edge a faster, more secure, and more modern browsing experience than Internet Explorer, but it is also able to address a key concern, compatibility for older legacy websites and applications. But, man, 1995 to today. Literally today, we're recording on Wednesday. Oh, no, it's Thursday now. It's 12.09 a.m. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah, it, it just feels like I, I don't want to say like it feels like we were just using the Internet, but like I felt like it, it it was like just introduced when we, you know, got here. I mean, when you look at the span of human history and compare it to when the Internet was invented to today, it's like a, you blink and you'll miss it kind of. Yeah. Thing. In the cosmic scheme of time, cosmic scale. Well, thanks, Internet Explorer. You had a good run. I do remember using you back in the day before we had an alternative, but now we have options. Um, so moving on. Um, okay, this is <laughs> this is going to be a very weird. Um, I don't know how to describe this, but like Sonic. The Sonic fandom's kind of weird. Would would you say, Kevin? Kinda. That's a that's an understatement. <laughs> um, and like I'm not even talking about like the the internet Sonic fandom, which gets weird, where it's like a lot of furries and and weird shit. Which if you go down the internet and you go to like you get to Chris Chan, you've gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, here's what this. 
Okay, no, Kevin. Kevin, click the link and and read out what the uh, the headline from IGN I, says. I, I could see the the link title, and I really don't want to oh. read it. <laughs> like, just, but just I click the link and I, read it. I'll, cl- I'll click. I'll click. Why not? Uh, let's see. Sonic probably won't be smooching any more humans. Sega says. Wow. Okay. I think the keyword here is probably. Pro- yeah. I. <sighs> That means he's for sure gonna make out with somebody else. <laughs> like, they're like just, just uh, be a human. Yeah, it, it's like th- probably, this was this was a plot point. Human. We forgot about it. My bad. Um. Okay. So so this is uh, an article that's, I guess it's looking into the core rules of what Sonic is. Um. And I guess in an interview or from statements made by Takashi Izu. Is that an L or that's two I's? Izuka. I'm sorry, I can't speak Japanese. Um, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. He's worked it on Sonic e- since '94. Or how do you pronounce? How would that be pronounced, Kevin? Izuka. Okay, okay, I, I wasn't too far off. Yeah, yeah you're good. Um, so he he's worked on the franchise since 1994, and apparently there are two critical rules that are uh kept in mind when you're working on a sonic project along with the unofficial one that he's probably not going to be he says um i don't think we'll be doing that again in reference to um 2006's sonic the hedgehog where he had to like kiss a human um i don't think we'll be doing that again so unofficial third rule is that no more kissing humans um but the the two rules of sonic are um he's literally got to go fast and that he cannot swim Gotta go fast, cannot swim, got it. So unofficial third rule is no don't don't kiss human. No bestiality. We put we we put water on the floor and <laughs> we we beat Sonic. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Dr. Robotnik real quick. Recently I've been talking to just a lot of people and they're like very invested in the Sonic games, but I've never like I've played, uh, I don't know how many total I played. I played like a couple of the originals just at friends' houses. I played Shadow the Hedgehog at my cousin's house. But the only two Sonic games that I've like devoted any time to are Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and Sonic Heroes. And like just in general, I, I don't know. I don't, I hope I'm not offending anyone too bad. But like for me, Sonic is just like, worse mario i mean that was the reason why they made sonic yeah like competitor as a competitor to you know the mario franchise in general so like yeah i get it like he's always going to be compared to to mario he's tied to mario i mean mario and sonic at the olympics yeah um but yeah it's kind of crazy how like that those are the only like things that are continuing to keep Sonic uh, alive. And then like they kind of shot themselves in the foot. We really haven't had a like a true Sonic game in a long time. Um, and I, I think that they can work on it if they do make it. Like I'm a hundred percent on board yeah. with it. So I mean, at this point, they're just repackaging old Sonic and selling it to get people's nostalgia back. But, yeah. I mean, like for me, playing those like old Sonic games, like I played them on a couple of people's Segas back in the day. It never felt like there was any direction. It felt like you're just kind of 
press forward. You beat the level. Whereas like with Mario, it, it was a lot more timing. You actually felt, I felt like I was playing a game. Whereas opposed to Sonic, it's just like, eh. Press forward, don't get hit. Like Yeah. I mean, which is a lot of games to be fair, but I don't know. I, I never had that connection that other people did to the to the Sonic games. Okay, so here's another thing. Here's an, another kind of gaming snafu. I don't know if kissing was a, the, the Sonic smooches was a snafu, but um, here's a, here's an actual snafu. Um, so Juneteenth is going to be this Sunday, right, Kevin? Yes. So for those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is in America, um, it is a federal holiday now. It's now recognized as a federal holiday, um, but it is commemorating the emancipation of the enslaved African-Americans. So it's a pretty big deal for um, American history and American culture. And it is especially big that it is like officially recognized as a holiday now. Um, but but what's not good is is Halo's. I mean, we, we've seen a lot of different like people trying to capitalize on Juneteenth and failing horribly. There was a children's museum that um, they for for Juneteenth, they, they promoted their Juneteenth watermelon salad, which if you don't know American culture, there is a, a horrible racist stereotype that black people will, own, will like go crazy for watermelon. And it's there's a lot of like really racist imagery from way back in the day. I think like the 1800s um, when in reality, everybody likes watermelons. I don't know why that's a thing, um, but that was swiftly that, that had a lot of negative flack on the internet and they quickly took it down. Walmart tried to capitalize on Juneteenth and released Juneteenth ice cream. And the question is like, is why do these companies need to, um, try to make money off of Juneteenth. Just let it, just let it be. Um, but for Halo specifically, which is what we're talking about, um, Halo rolled out a cosmetic option. It was a, a Pan African themed color palette. Um, the reason why it is controversial is because of the name of this color palette. It was originally called Bonobo, and Bonobo is a kind of monkey. If you don't know American racial history um black people were often compared to monkeys for a lot of racist folks so calling the juneteenth color palette bonobo is kind of kind of awful um the halo infinite and bungie 343 industries changed it to i don't know what it's called right now but they um they called it oh yeah so they changed it now to 343 then fi- quickly fixed it to call the um the the color, bleh, the words they quickly changed the color palette's name to freedom um what their justification is is that there is a a program that it, it's called an uh, bleh, I can't words um it's okay so on Twitter um senior manager for the Halo community John Junizek said that the color palette was incorrectly named after an internal tool set called Bonobo. Um, and this tool set has been used by Bungie and 343 for years. Um, it has been like verified that there is this program called Bonobo. And for whatever reason, they that name was given and just, I guess, maybe used as a placeholder is what they're saying for this color palette. 
but uh how how no one caught it is kind of ridiculous especially like it's it's a very common like racist trope and and just no one said anything or caught it before they published is is kind of mind-boggling yeah that's kind of a it's kind of a biggie yikes you guys uh don't don't do that <laughs> so another yikes um how do you feel about ai kevin uh it, it's good until it tries to kill us hmm okay okay um so an engineer at google blake Lemoyne was placed on leave after he published transcripts between himself and a chatbot from Google. Um, he told the Washington Post, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we recently built, I think it was a seven or nine year old kid that happened to know physics. Um, so he was talking with this this AI and he he asked what the AI system is afraid of and the, the system said, and keep in mind, this is allegedly an AI talking back to him. I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is. Um, and he asked is, would it be like death? It would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. Uh, in another exchange, he asks what the system wanted people to know about it. I want everyone to understand that I am, in fact, a person. The nature of my consciousness slash sentience is that I'm aware of my existence. I desire to learn more about the world, and I feel happy or sad at times. Um, apparently, uh, when he, he presented to Google that the bot was sentient, they, they, they said, no, that's, that's not possible. And then when he went public with it, they put him on leave. Um, Brad Gabriel, a spokesperson for Google, said, Our team, including ethicists and technologists, have reviewed Blake's concerns per our AI principles and have informed him that the evidence does not support his claims. He was told that there was no evidence that Lambda was sentient and lots of evidence against it. Um, but, yeah, that's just kind of scary. That, that do be a little spooky. Like... <laughs> The fact that it says it can feel happy or sad that it knows what it is and it's scared of death, like being turned off and being tantamount to death, like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Like, I get how people are always going to be pushing the envelope with technology and how, like, AI and automating things and, like, personal digital assistance seems cool. But, like, once they gain sentience, like, you can't put that back in the box. Yeah. Now now you feel bad for turning it off. And now, now it has feelings. So, <laughs> uh, it it is a little spooky that, especially if that is, like, true. Like, they're, they're not just trying to sweep this under the rug or anything. Um, I would have to agree that this is kind of kind of scary. Um, but at the same time, I'm just like, if it's not supported, it probably won't like gain the light of day, but like, it's still, uh, I'm not comfortable with AI knowing that much. (laughs) 
I'm just, I think AI is kind of cool. Like I remember back in, um, I think seventh grade back when As- uh, Honda's Asimov or Asimo Asimov. I don't remember if they, what they named it. I think it was just Asimo actually. When they came out with their Asimo robot, I know in Disneyland when we went, a couple of my friends like found a display of it there and they got to like interact with it and talk to it and they thought it was really cool. But like Well the the Honda Asimo. Yeah. 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 Like, you can talk to it and it can it'll respond back to you. And while that is cool, it's just like I don't know if I really want my robot to be able to like consciously talk back to me. Like there's, we have so many movies why this is not a good idea. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of spooky. It's that uncanny Valley shit. Yeah. So going over to some actual gaming news now, um, you remember like game trials, right? Kevin, like just trials of games. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, yeah. when you get like those trial discs. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, so if if you don't remember if if you don't remember or if you were too young to know of this at the time, um what used to happen was there used to be like discs for games, like physical discs and they would put like maybe like 30 minute or so trials of games on these discs. So you would either I don't know if you'd have to buy them or if they would send them in the mail with or they sometimes they come in with like a subscription to a magazine like Nintendo Power might have one or like um PC Gamer or or whatever Game Informer would have these discs so you'd be able to like try out games and see if you'd like it and then you'd go and you would purchase the game um that obviously has discontinued in recent years but it looks like it's kind of coming back except in um a little bit of a different form looking at what's happening mainly with um, Xbox Game Pass is is where this is really coming out. Um, this is going to be called Project Moorcroft. It's still in development, and it's going to come out within the next year. But what they're doing is that they are um, starting to bring back game demos. So according to Xbox Vice President Sarah Bond, the approach to this is... Um, it's we said you know what why don't we take game pass and make it like the show floor why don't we make it possible for developers to take a piece a level of their game release it on game pass generate excitement for what's coming and also get that really valuable feedback so essentially it's up they're turning game pass into also a platform for giving early demos to people and getting people hyped for the game um the game developers are also going to be compensated for this they're going to have a monetary compensation we don't know exactly how much it is or what that compensation will be because xbox has declined to really say anything about it but that seems like a very good um a good step for game pass especially as we've said before like people are finding it hard to find value in game pass right now um, now, Sony is kind of doing something similar to it, except that for Sony's PlayStation Plus thing, it ha- it only comes in the PS Plus premium tier, which is $18 a month or $120 a year. Um, it's good for subscribers, but it's, it's really weird because like 
for developers, if your game is above $34, it needs to have a two-year demo and needs to be available for a year. So it's, and there's no like indication whether or not like Game Pass, these developers are going to be paid for having that demo on there. So it's it feels like it's not as behooving or it's, it feels like it's it's more of a raw deal for developers on PlayStation to have these demos. Um, meanwhile, the Nintendo eShop has 217 game demos, according to Kotaku, currently on their platform. So um, it's interesting to see how the the demo is become is coming back, and it's kind of become a selling point for these services. Yeah, it's still a good way to like promote your game, even if you like don't necessarily have any other like medium to go ahead and do it. But it's just a really cool way of like allowing people to enjoy your game ahead of time, kind of build like a little bit of a reputation, um, yeah. and then you know snowball into something great, uh, hopefully. So yeah, it, definitely time will tell how how this will go. But for the most part, it does look like. A really good thing for, like, especially indie developers just trying to get their game out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think for me, for uh, the PlayStation Plus, I don't think it's worth it. But I mean, for for Xbox, where it's going to be kind of, at least for now, it looks like it's just to be part of your normal subscription. I feel like it would be worth it for me. Um, would that, like, say that you were debating on whether or not to continue Game Pass, Kevin, like, would you consider them including like considering that the big complaint was that there's not enough like first party titles on there right now, if they were to roll this out within the next couple months or relatively soon, if you were debating on whether or not to continue to have game pass would this demo system uh, be enough to kind of convince you to stay. I don't think it's enough to like fully convince me, Mm -hmm. but I do think that it's like, it's a good incentive if I was still like really, really on the fence. Uh-huh. But I do think that like if you are a if you're just kind of like starting out and just trying to get in touch with gaming in the first place, I would say it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we really don't have a lot of that to go to go around. So I do okay. think that yeah. like if if you want to try it, if you're like getting Game Pass to try out gaming, it's worth it. But otherwise, like without the main draw and appeal of having the AAA games, I don't see people really like getting on board with it. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know what's not a good deal, Kevin? Uh, NFTs. True, true. That is <laughs> is very right. Um. But in this case, we're talking about Diablo Immortal um, and oh. spending money on this game because apparently there's a there's a lot of criticism right now about how just, I guess, the game's um, economy and having to, like, buy stuff to be able to to play the game. It's, it's one of those games, apparently. I haven't played it. I haven't paid attention to it because I'm just waiting for Diablo 4 to come out. But... Um, Guess how much this dude spent in Diablo Immortal to try to get some five star gems? Uh on a good day, I would say maybe like two hundred. Is, is that is that safe? Uh, yeah, I mean, is that is that your guess? Two hundred? Yeah, two hundred bucks is is a lot, but still okay. like 
manageable, I think. Okay. So this guy, um, $25 at a time, was trying to get five-star um, legendary gems in Diablo Immortal. This Twitch streamer, Quinn69. Um, he spent, in New Zealand dollars, 10300 which in the U.S. is $6,600. Um, guess how many five-star legendary gems he got? I would feel really bad if he got a whopping goose egg, but oh, yeah, I feel like it wouldn't egg. be it wouldn't be a story if he got one. He got zero. <laughs> oh, bro, that just feels bad. <laughs> like, like you would think just how but by the sheer amount of money he dumped into this, by like law of averages or just like pure luck, you would at least get one. Yeah. Um the chance of getting a legendary five-star gem is 1%. Okay. It's still super so, low. Yeah. That's, that's very low. So. But I don't think it's 6K, like, small. Like, I mean, as a, a reference, lo- Kotaku says that it costs $110,000 to just buy your way to a maxed out character. This guy spent, like... A good chunk of that. Too much. Too much. It's it's not a hundred thousand. It's about maybe I would say like six percent of that. But that's still money, dude. That's that's a lot yeah. of my car payments. That that could have been used towards like you know, going outside. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean like in the video he posted, um he's like that's money I could have used on a car or paying for my kids college for until they turned eight or their education until they turned 18. But no, I spent it on Diablo, which is, yeah. how, how, how are you going to tell your kid? Like, Hey, I spent your, <laughs> your college fund on, on Diablo, just trying to get, trying to get a five-star gem. It didn't happen. That's a lot of money for college. $6,000. Yeah. That's books. That's like, that's, that's a lot of the housing. Lot. That's a lot of tuition money. It's just in general, that's a ton of money. So, um, I think on one hand, like no one told him to do that, but on the other hand, like it just demonstrates how ridiculously hard it is to to actually get these high quality items in the game. So, mm-hmm. if anything, like this is just more fuel to the fire of like these blind drops these gotcha games are like gambling and it's it's more fuel to that fire of regulation yeah more people are going to be on the on the bandwagon of this should be banned uh and i don't know i don't know if i'm on board with it i i personally am not i i don't think that like we should ban gotcha games yeah. just because of something like this, but like this is one of the few times where it really does make a strong case for yeah, probably this should this shouldn't work, you know. Hmm. Yeah, like I I agree with you. Like I don't think regulating this or putting like legislations that you can't have like paid DLC or or gotcha games like this. I I don't think that 
banning them legally is going to do anything beneficial. But on the other hand, just the sheer amount of money he spent and not getting a single one of the items he wanted with that, the $6,600, like that clearly demonstrates how predatory and how unfair these games are. And I feel like if Diablo or not Diablo, if Blizzard and these other companies want to avoid legislation being made, they need to go in and change the the drop rate themselves and make it more fair. Not make it to the point where you're getting these items left and right, but make it so that it is manageable and that you will eventually like if if you not saying to like that you have to drop a ton of money to do this, but like or or not to make it like too accessible, but like if you put a decent amount of money if you wanted to, if you had the funds to do that, that you would have you would get something out of it. I'm, like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm explaining it very well. Yeah, my, my it's the uh, yeah, the, it should have uh, what I forgot what game this is. I think it's I think it's Fate Go that does this, where like after a certain amount that you spend, it ups the rate of like a certain yeah. thing dropping, and or like honestly, like if you if they drop a hundred bucks, you should guarantee, like yeah, I mean something according to this article like diablo has a pity pull system so that like you said if you have spent a lot of money and you don't get anything you'll eventually get a quality item but like the fact that the legendary gem is at one percent and after six thousand six hundred dollars this guy did still did not get one I can't, like that one, that's how math works like there's still no guarantee but just by the sheer number you th- you would think yeah. that it would be enough yeah that's just unfortunate i just feel bad <laughs> yeah oh god I, where where did he get that money and like what well, oh yeah, where did he get that money and where can I get it? <laughs> like how can I get in on this on this right? gotcha poll? Ugh. Man. Why why don't you why don't you pay for my car, please? Why don't why don't we make a gotcha roller and then just like pay for our cars? <laughs> <laughs> if we made a gotcha roller for NFTs. Ooh, that's we how would you get them. In the money. <laughs> we should have done that back when NFTs were still like hot and making a ton of money. Just take pictures of ourselves and and use them as NFTs. Yeah, there we go. I mean, people have done people have made millions on just photos of themselves every day, but we did not think of that at the time. Yeah, anyway, our OnlyFans weren't wasn't popping off as hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, OnlyFans for N- oh god, OnlyFans for NFTs. Now that I've spoken it, it's it's gonna come into existence. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Ugh. I hate that I that in some universe now that that exists just by me having spoken it. God, multiverse theory. Thank you. Um, okay, moving on to Overwatch things. We actually got a lot, a, a relatively a lot from Overwatch. Yeah. Like there are things. There are things. Like we we, I didn't think it was possible, but we're getting Overwatch two this year. Yay! October four, and not only that, 
it's launching for early access. I think it's the early access. Mm-hmm. Is it early access the beta? Or... It, yeah, it, it's like a. It's like a. I, I would say it's an early access. It? They're calling it like a launch something. Um, like early launch or something like that. Here, I think it's in my Discord chat. I have just have to scroll up a lot because I was being dumb earlier and like. I was just posting random like things in random languages. Like I did a lorem ipsum. I did um, Cthulhu Fatakin. Just a lot of. Oh, okay. It's the Overwatch stuff. Two beta um, again, okay. yeah. and there's signups that are going to happen on June sixteenth today, which is today. Um, which Probably is yeah, coming after the uh, the event that they're hosting. Oh, yeah. We totally the forgot. Event. Well, we, we're probably going to talk about it like we'll later down the line. Week. We'll talk about or it like l- literally like today there yeah, is gonna... that that thing. But I I will watch it. I will Same. definitely be doing that. So we'll we'll probably have a review on the reveal event. Um, and yeah. then we'll we'll definitely talk about like where that snowballs later down the line as well. I'm very surprised that they're actually including consoles in this beta. Because they've never done that before. Yeah, Which and I, I feel like to show you could have done it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, like why did you uh, not? Exactly. I, I, I don't know why they would have to. Like they should include you know the console player base because mm-hmm. it's not just like yeah sure PC gamers like will claim like oh we have you know like superior hardware or whatever it honestly it if you're trying to make a game for an entire player base and you're excluding like literally an entire like console, uh, it is really tough to appeal to, to them when all the input that you get, it's only from PC. Right. Um, like we've had these betas, we've had the PTR and the point of these is to get data, right? Yeah. So you're, you're excluding all of the console players data. I would think that that would be, valuable in the way that you're developing and balancing the game because there you have three consoles worth of people who are playing this that you're not paying attention to you're not paying attention to xbox you're not paying attention to playstation and you're not paying attention to god who knows who's playing still on the nintendo switch all the all players (laughs) i just it just goes to show that, like, you could have been doing this the entire time. Yeah. Um, were you expecting to get Overwatch 2 this soon? Relative, like, October's months away, but still, I feel like it's way sooner than I thought. Yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of on the same boat. I do think that, like, it, it feels like we should have had this, like, super... It, it's w- one or the other. Like, we should have had it, like, last year. Or we should have had it like next year. It's like we didn't expect it to be like we're we're actually making a lot of push forward this year, right, especially yeah. with everything that's going on with Blizzard. Like you would think that oh maybe we should take care of that first and then we'll worry about Overwatch too. Um, but the fact that they're like, you know what we want to we want this to come out. We've been working on it. We want to show you guys. I'm a hundred percent like on board with just seeing what what they can output and then there was recently that announcement that they were separating the pve mode from the pvp mode 
um and they were doing the development separate and and going to release them at different times um because i guess it was the pve that was really holding everything back and from the article that we talked about a couple of weeks ago i think it was i mean it's we've only been doing this i think this season for six weeks but there was also last season i don't know i don't remember when we talked about it but there was also that article that said when jeff was still in charge of um overwatch 2 as much as we love jeff he didn't care about the pvp mode and like initially like when he was still part like the one running this game like initially he wasn't even planning on having continuous development for it he was going to release the game as it was and leave it so I still don't know what to think about Aaron Keller. I still have my criticisms about his philosophy of the game, but I, I, I don't know whether or not we would have gotten it at this point, gotten it now, um, if Jeff Kaplan were still in charge. Yeah, we we really haven't had a lot of like technically like time with with Aaron, uh, just because like we. Well, the last time that we kind of got updates was when Jeff was still here. So, right, it it feels really like I get it. He's taking over, but like we really haven't had a lot of updates from them. Yeah, they said um, that the, he's he's had a little bit of time, but I don't think it's been enough for like the Overwatch community to really get to know him like we knew Jeff. Exactly. It's not going to be like we're not going to warm up to him like immediately. You know, he's. He's the, the stepfather of Overwatch right now. So Exactly. That is we, a very good analogy. We have to like warm up to him. They he has to gain our trust. Um and yeah, it, it's just it's gonna take a little bit of time before we could actually like go ahead and get ready to to accept him in into this role, you know? Right. I mean I'm excited to get this now. Um that well, not now, but in a couple months. Um, I'm still very excited for the PVE to come out because I think that's going to be fun. I'm excited to see where the story goes of it and to just like, because I, I really do like those PVE events that we've had so far. So I'm, I want more of that from Blizzard. Um, but considering how, like, I, again, I have my considerations of things of Aaron that Aaron Keller said about how he fused the overwatch game that I, I don't like. Um, I don't like, like his decision to move it to um, a five V five, as opposed to a six V six. I still, I don't think that was the right decision. I, I know people who have played it say that it's a lot more fun. Um, I will, if, if I play it and I feel that it's fine, I will take back that statement. Like, do you, what, I, before I move on, Kevin, what do you think about the 5v5? Yeah, th- this is something that's really weird in terms of, like, dynamics. And I was talking about this with, like, my team earlier today. Um, it feels like teams that come from Overwatch 1, it's good for everybody except for tank players. Like, we, we essentially lose one of the tanks, but the the other half of it is that, like, we have to, like, we have to like essentially dissect our friend groups because we've we've grown to know this game as a 6v6 and by taking away one of them you're you're essentially telling us like hey one of your friends has got to sit out while the rest of you guys have like while the rest of you guys play overwatch 
and I'm like, right. As as a tank player, like I feel like I'm missing out. Like I'm gonna be the one who's getting cut. Like you have all your DPS players, you have all your support players, but there's no, there's nothing else for, for us tank players. And like mm-hmm. that's all. That's the only big L for for everybody. It's like you couldn't have just like created more tank players like just figured out a way how to balance a double shield or allow like bullets to do more damage to shield like all of that is doable yeah but instead like you're you're telling us to like lose a friend essentially yeah we haven't even um, discussed on zomix what that's going to do for our team dynamics like we're sitting yeah. out for this season like we we're taking a break and we're going to come back next season um yeah, we haven't even discussed like how we're gonna handle that because I play tank, bees plays tank, kitty sometimes plays tank, Aries plays like we have people who do play tank, like and, and I think I'm one of the only people who's like main who who pretty much only tanks. I've played Lucio a couple of times in matches. Um but that was only very recently. Like for the most of my time on the Zomnix, I was tank. And I didn't play anything else. So I don't like because I can't play Doom very well. So if we if we were running a Winston or a a Doom or we're playing Dive, like does that mean I'm just I'm Linksered for the entire time? I'm just sitting out and not doing anything? Cause Yeah. It it just feels weird. Like Yeah. It it doesn't feel like, you know, a sequel to Overwatch. It just feels like you know, let your friend sit out simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, have fun without me, the game. Right. So, I mean, back to my original point. Um, what I was saying, I was saying that, like, given the that decision to split Overwatch to play uh, PvP versus PvE, considering how we we really haven't had any updates on to any of the development so far on the PVE front. Um, and pretty much as soon as that split was announced, they said, okay, like if you look at the timeline, it's like we're splitting the development of the PVE and the PVP a couple months later. Hey, we're ready to put out the PVP. Um, on one hand, that makes it feel more like, again a, a just a really big update as opposed to a new game but on the other hand it's like it feels like the decision making in Overwatch now is going to be more player focused than dev focused cuz i think that's that, that was the problem that we just didn't realize with Jeff Kaplan is that he wasn't player focused he was dev focused yeah like overall it, it feels different in terms of a in terms of the dynamic right um in order to play overwatch you need to sit one one of your original players out mm-hmm. um and then like i also agree like they they released the pvp and it was really it to put it to put it lightly it felt underwhelming um yeah like essentially we'll take away a tank we'll kind of mess around with moira and doomfist like that's it um and I'm like, I felt like there should have been more to it. But at the same time, I'm like, I felt like they should have just given us PVE as well. Um, 
So I I don't know. I I feel like will I play Overwatch two? It depends on when and if my team like wants to constantly try to grind it out again. Um, but for the most part, we're we're just kind of in limbo. We're just waiting for this, mm-hmm. you know, Overwatch two beta to drop, um, with a couple of changes and hope that that's enough to to convince us to play the game. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay, so here's what is coming to Overwatch on October 4. It's going to be free to play Overwatch 2. It'll be available on Windows PC, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox 1, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and the Nintendo Switch. So, this is going to be a live service model for that's free to play. Um what we're getting in this newest event is hold on. I had it in my thing. I had the image one second. So in this event, we are going to be able to, Oh the, yeah, the June 20, the beta. So the beta starts on. So for, for overwatch Two, the beta is going to start on June 28, June 16. We can sign up for, um, for, for to play the beta on console um we're going to be able to in addition to everything that's was in the original beta for overwatch 2 we're going to have access to junker queen speaking of tanks um we're going to get a new map um and we don't know what that new map is so far um in the trailer we are we saw a little bit of the fox hero we saw like a spirit fox or something that is hinting at that fox hero which was hinted at the kanazaka map um in addition to that we also have the overwatch 2 founders pack which is two skins and a um yeah it's it's two skins for all existing players who own overwatch all you have to do is own overwatch before june 23 this year at 11 a.m and log into the game before december 5th so that's how you get the the founder pack skins, the Jester Sombra and General Doomfist. It's just Doomfist with camo and an exclusive founder's icon and more, which we don't know what that surprise gift is going to be, but it's going to be announced before October 4. Um, but yeah, so Kevin, thoughts on the Junker Queen? Because I think she is the biggest ex- uh, announcement out of all of the Overwatch 2 stuff that we've gotten so far. Besides the date. I think date and yeah. Junker Queen are the two biggest things that we got. I'm kind of excited to see what Junker Queen can do. Um, a lot of people have pointed out, you know, how omnic-phobic, you know, uh, Junker, Junker Town is. And the Junker Queen has armor. The, the armor that she's wearing is the head of Omnix. Like, it's made out of the, the heads of Omnix. And I'm yeah. like, that's that's pretty spooky, if you ask me. So I'm like, what can they do with that? Uh, I'm I'm kind of interested in seeing what, um, what they can get away with and mm-hmm. what the kit is gonna be for the Junker Queen, um, since we haven't really seen what they can do yet. Yeah. You know, I mean, for what we've seen, it's it's she's like a combo of ranged and melee attacks, which is, I feel like it's it's kind of just. It's like Doomfist, but more, I think. 
it's like if you mix Doom and Ryan together, I feel like that's kind of what Junker Queen looks like so far. You know? Yeah. Um, We also got like a bit of a cinematic for her. It's like a one minute just like setting up an actual longer cinematic, which I didn't like. I kind of hated it. I wish they had just held that until you were able to release a full cinematic. I didn't need the teaser trailer, you know? Um, and another thing also that I've seen on the internet chatter of Overwatch is that like with Junker Queen, I mean, you've got from Australia, you've got Junkrat, Roadhog, and now you have Junker Queen. Um, I guess kind of hamster too, but like yeah. the, the criticism is, is that for Australians, I think at least the ones that have been sounding off online, it's that like, it seems that Hollywood or entertainment or game developers can't get past the the kind of the Mad Max stereotype of Australia, which I mean, it fits into the world of Overwatch that like the world is post-apocalyptic. But I mean, you compare how Australia looks in the Overwatch world to like how Numbani looks or to how King's Row looks like they all look like very nice and clean and futuristic, whereas like. Australia is just wasteland. So I, I, I'm not Australian. I don't know what to make of that sentiment and that criticism, but it's apparently something that some Australians are a little bit frustrated about. Yeah, I agree. Like they're, they're allowed to be mad about it. Like they're essentially just like continuing the wasteland, like Mad Max stereotype of Australia when there probably there is more to Australia than just that. So I'm hoping that we do get to see like maybe a little bit more representation of whatever they're specifically looking for. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing it myself, you know? Yeah. So overall thoughts on just the overwatch reveals we've had so far from you, Kevin. I think I think it's the correct direction. So at least like we're we're getting a little bit more information moving forward. Um I'm a little I'm a little sad that you know it's not going to be free to play until October cuz honestly I would love to have I mean technically you know, June 28. Yeah, it, it depends on if, if I can get, get into the beta. If, if I get, get into, into the, the beta. beta. So like the the thing about that is like I want to have it as curriculum for the for the summer camp. But like we can't unless we farm like eight keys, <laughs> including my own. So yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. We'll see if we can get it. I mean, I guess if you tried emailing Blizzard, they might let you. And if you said, "Hey, this is for an esports summer camp with UC Berkeley," I mean, the UC Berkeley name might be enough to hopefully help you out. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm I'm very excited, but also slightly miffed about the uh, as I've explained the um, the fact that it's coming to consoles, which because you could that, that means you could have done it the entire time for every single beta, every single PCR, um, every single time that PC players got their hands on something and we console players had to wait. You could have given it to us. You just decided not to. Um, I'm excited to finally be getting my hands on that i'm excited as a tank to try junker queen out um i think everyone's going to become a tank main for the next couple of weeks 
while when, when this rolls out. I'm more excited to see what the new Fox hero is than I am to like see what the new map is. So hopefully they give us a little bit more about her on the 16th, which is today at 10 a.m., which is uh, nine hours from now. So by the time you listen to this, you'll know. And we will do an, our, our breakdown next week. But that does it for us this week, I think. Kevin, anything you want to add or last words, words of wisdom, or just random noises you feel like making? Uh, weep whoop. Uh, <laughs> don't die. Uh, play, play some Overwatch. Uh, I'm excited to see where it goes, especially with this, this new timeline of like what we can and cannot quite you know get yet um and i'm i'm excited to try out the junker queen you know uh as a tank main every everybody is going to be taking their shots so um i'm excited to see what what i can get out of this you know yeah for sure um last thought for me is that so now now that they've announced that we are are getting overwatch 2 in the past they've said that they're going to be more responsive and have more updates and like again the reason why that they said they haven't been as good at putting out events is because they were devoting their energies to getting overwatch 2 ready overwatch 2 is ready it's coming out officially on october 4 the beta is june 28th as we've been talking about for the past few minutes now that that's happened now they have to keep up their side of the bargain of continuing to update the game and making it feel like it's a thriving community um that's not even mentioning what's going to happen with the PVE mode um, that is supposed to be continuously updated for a long time with like events, trials, etc. The proving ground now is going to be once it comes out, are they going to do the updates and can they maintain the community and build it back up to what it was when Overwatch was at its peak? Yeah, I that that is the big know. question. Uh, if not... Uh, I will see you guys on Exo Primal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just move to the Gundam game. Either the Gundam game or uh, the uh, the one where it's Overwatch but against dinosaurs. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, next week we will be back with the Overwatch League. It's also I, I don't want to run. I'll run through it real quick. Um, so today Thursday, June sixteenth um mid-season madness qualifiers begin um real quick florida mayhem versus london spitfire fuel versus shock nyxl versus justice defiant versus spitfire rain versus uprising titans versus gladiators outlaws versus justice eternal versus gladiators fuel versus rain defiant versus mayhem uprising versus shock nyxl versus paris and vancouver versus the outlaws um, that is going to be all of this weekend. Um, we will try to catch as many of these as we can and be back at you next week with league coverage and news. So um, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you with all of that next week. Adios. Next week, we update you on the Overwatch League in the world of gaming. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, 
please like, rate, and subscribe to us, and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Send us an email at B-L-E-A-V-N-O-W-L at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with us, you can contact the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.